When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go. <laughs> Say it. Say it. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Mean it. Say it again. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Oh, not sexy, like real. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. Big week. I thought uh, for sure you would be at a truck stop in Redding, California or something, but you already made it home. But Can I tell you how Redding... So I left <clears throat> Sunday, uh, yeah, Sunday about noon or 1230 and got here about, about 0600, I'll tell you that. Dude, so. that's that's a haul. Like I know 0600 because that's just 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I know a.m. military time. Yeah, I don't know why it tricks people out once you get into PM. Like, what's 1,500? It's two. No, three. Twelve. Three. Yeah. See? I, but, yeah, because you're making me do <laughs> math that's not part of my daily catalog. Yeah. And I'm like, just... But, so, okay, so... So I got to... I got just south of Reading, but let's oh. call it the Reading metropolitan area. Uh-huh. Reading yep. without fail. Without fail, we'll do some Redding ass shit. Oh, for sure. And uh, this time I get to a gas station and there's a car backing out of the AM PM. As it's backing out, guy just tries to get out of the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> guy just Water tries to get in. out. Yeah, tries to get out. He kind of stumbles. Fortunately, the car stops. And then he gets out, has words with whoever's in the car. Goes in to get a, uh, like a Slurpee, or whatever uh-huh. the AM, PM equivalent is thereof. Yeah. Comes back out with a full Slurpee, <laughs> is talking to the people inside the car. He's standing outside the car. He's talking to them inside the car. Then he puts his full Slurpee on the ground, gets in the car, and they leave. Leaves the Slurpee there. <laughs> Do you think that was an accident? Uh, like, Or he, he didn't like the Slurpee? He's like, fuck this Slurpee. No, I don't think anything's on purpose in Reading. True. I don't know. Accident's a strong word, but yeah, I think it's just it's just uh, it's not good. A lot of places aren't good right now. <laughs> People aren't doing the general consensus. I'd say L.A. was a L.A. was a wild. Uh, got some real strips of uh, nothing good happening down there. Hey, that's who am I to judge how people are living? Maybe this long line of uh, tattered and battered RVs along Forest Lawn Boulevard. Everybody's having a happy time in there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, yeah, it's real bleak around here, as far as uh, 
It's bleak a lot of places, buddy. The unhoused just seems that population just seems to be growing and growing. It's well, it's crazy well, how it's just uh, like sprawling, like this. Like you, when I moved here eleven years ago, there were your certain neighborhoods, obviously your downtown Skid Row area and other pockets, but uh, now just sprawling out in the suburbs. You go out to the valley. And there's just folks laying around. Oh, really? Yeah, it's crazy. Well, maybe that's maybe that's uh, why all these UFOs are coming. Maybe, maybe Man. they're mo- maybe it, maybe the maybe this fear of uh, maybe this real estate fear of like what out of town investors are doing. Maybe that's uh, that's aliens. You know, they're buying up property. <laughs> they're gonna they're just buying up. They're they're coming. They're scoping out Earth. They're looking to gentrify Earth. Like property values, it's property's real cheap on Earth right now. Mm-hmm. Crazy weekend for all that stuff, man. It's like damn What's, War of the Worlds. What's going on now? So Chinese spy balloon was just that, and I kind of left that one. Mm-hmm. Just <clears throat> like when everybody's taking the bait. Not that it's it's a story. Yeah, but like I I am uh, I have the things that I'll look at online, but like like Twitter's. Twitter's trash. Twitter's it, Twitter's always been what it is, but right now, especially with the Elon thing, we don't have to go into it. But it's just, it is just walking down the street with crazy people yelling at you, and you're like, ah, oh, I just don't even need to walk down the street anymore. Twitter's yeah. <clears throat> nothing important, and like who, everybody takes the bait. That singer Sam Smith wore a crazy balloon outfit or something. Like somebody wears something. To be like, look at me, isn't this ridiculous? And everybody goes, hey, look at it, isn't this ridiculous? And it's like, well, that's the intended reaction. All you did was take the bait. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a guy that's like made, <clears throat> excuse me, made millions of dollars on TikTok because he would react to somebody doing something stupid. But the whole point, that's the whole point. People make stupid food just so somebody will make, make a reaction video like, oh, isn't this disgusting? Like, way to go. Let me get you a big fat worm on a hook. Good job. But maybe that's the economy. That's the social. Like they're in on it too. They know that the somebody's making macaroni and cheese with chocolate syrup or some shit. And the guy who makes the video, where well, he watches it and he's like, "That's disgusting." They need each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Dude, you know, it's a code. It's a codependent relationship. But I'm, I'm just s- kind of like, wow. What's I'm over it. I'm starting to see reaction to reaction videos. I saw a video the other day, I think it was TikTok or somewhere, where they were like, hey, let's watch this classically trained jazz drummer react to a heavy metal drummer. So we're watching a guy reacting to another guy. It's like three steps now. Yeah, and I I mean, some of that stuff is kind of heartwarming where you see like, and they were playing like heavy metal for a couple of black guys and watch like watching that like or just anybody like oh you haven't heard this music before and watching them truly enjoy it uh huh like oh that's kind of heartwarming I get it and I but so to go back to like the Chinese spy balloon like everybody was on top of that and so I was like I don't need to get get up into this story yeah because i was already seeing too much anytime i looked at anything it was you know the 700th version of a joke uh-huh. 
It's like they're, they're like late nights unnecessary. Social media took over late night TV. True. Here's a thing that's happening. Go on social media. Here's here's a thousand bad jokes and three good ones. Yeah. So I was like, all right, Chinese spy balloon. It's China. They do spy shit. They use the balloon. Old school. Kind of respect it. You know, there's a big red balloon. That doesn't seem very uh, covert, though. Like a giant I balloon? Mean, Why not? The sky's a big. The sky's a big place. Yeah, but I don't understand. Like you would think with their technology, why not a little drone or something, some sort of high-powered drone? But like, it feels like a balloon the size of a school bus is going to be detected eventually. Maybe not. Because Maybe they don't care. Electronic. If it, I mean, there, I, I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's some pay grades above us, Dave. That sure. makes the balloons make sense. Sure. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I don't think they were just like, what if we tie the camera to uh, this happy birthday elephant I stole from my kid's birthday party? Mm-hmm. And we floated up there. I think there's some uh, there's some aspect to it. But so, all right, so they got that one. Yeah, they shot that one down February 4th uh, and off the coast of South Carolina. Yeah, and so everybody was making their... Uh, throwing rocks over the fence politically like, oh, why didn't somebody shoot it down sooner? And then, well, the Trump administration let two or three of these fly over. But that information means that, okay, so stuff has been floating around mm-hmm. for years. They're they're sending stuff over all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all, there's all kinds of shit floating around up there. So are these things that happened over the weekend – viable news stories or they're just in the circulation because the Chinese spy balloon got everybody's attention and so new you know news is for profit so like mm-hmm. wow people like balloon stories here's three more that we found out about like yeah. maybe these other ones would have been routine if everybody didn't get a hard on over the Chinese one yeah by the way yeah February 10th UFO shot down over Alaska um, okay. February 11th, another one shot down uh, over the Yukon territory of Canada. And then uh, yesterday, as we we're recording, February 12th, uh, UFO shot down over Lake Huron uh, mm-hmm. off, off of uh, near Michigan. So that is weird. Three and three days over the weekend. And believe it or not, I was actually doing some research. And um, one thing I ran across was... Um, Somebody was talking about how radars detect this kind of stuff. Like you said, there's there's all kind of space junk and just, I mean, of course, this isn't yeah. ne- necessarily outer space. This is our atmosphere. But there's still, there's all kinds of, you know, drones and satellites and whatnot. But um, someone was talking about how basically maybe the reason we've detected and then shot down three over the weekend was since that first spy balloon, February 4th, um, the radar systems... Who or the people who operate them have kind of like opened up their filters. Um, they equated it to I'm reading off this article, much like a car buyer unchecking boxes on a website to broaden the parameters of what can be searched. Uh, that change does not fully answer what is going on. The official continued, and uh, whether stepping back to look at more data is yielding more hits, or if these latest incursions are part of a more deliberate action by an unknown country or adversary. So. You know, maybe they had their filters tightened up initially, but yeah. uh, ever since the spy balloon, they they broadened the filters, and now they're detecting more things. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, shit. People have been shoplifting for a while. We better get on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, okay. That's uh, that's what I'm thinking. Like, all right, we got to keep our eyes open because this uh, stuff is going on. So, it's still a little bit wild because they're not saying what it is Mm -hmm. that they're shooting down. Yeah. Yeah, what? They've been real tight-lipped about it. And uh, just about an hour ago today, uh, White House released a statement uh, saying that they have no evidence uh, that indicates uh, that any of these three UFOs or UAPs uh, are of extraterrestrial origin. So there's no evidence to, uh, to suggest that they are from, you know, another from outer space or another planet or what have you. I... Do you think they'd say if they were? No, I don't. So, like that statement means almost nothing to me. I don't. I don't feel like they would. Uh, I mean, given how tight-lipped they've been for decades, until recently, you know, a few years ago when uh, the Navy came out with th- those sightings that we've all seen, you know, that that yeah. footage. But uh, until then, like at least our government has traditionally been uh, very tight-lipped about anything like this. So I don't know how much. Uh, water this holds this new statement that came out today but it is weird like three in three days you know and i know i just said the thing about opening up their parameters and their filters but even with that it just seems that if you know if it's a serious enough thing for us to deploy fighter jets to shoot them down it just—it's it, odd that uh, similar stuff would have been happening all along, and us just not worrying about it or ignoring it. Yeah, I think. First off, I think if I think this is a great way to be like, see, we need all the jets. What yeah, if balloons fly by again, mm-hmm. so they could def- they could defend the defense budget. Yeah. Also, pretty shitty aliens. If we got three of them in three days, true. <laughs> Pretty shitty. Yeah. So I I am not leaning towards this being anything of, yeah, <laughs> extraterrestrial origin. Mm-hmm. But the technology of what's going on here on Earth, just to <clears throat> usurp our <clears throat> fellow, uh, we need, what's a term for, uh, like, there's like countrymen, mm-hmm. but like globally. Oh, I see what you're saying. What are, uh, let's see, yeah, what are, our global, hmm. our global neighbors. Yeah. Uh, so I think that uh, I don't know. I, I I do not. There's too many doomsday people out there, and conspiracy theorists. So I don't want to go that way. But I'm like, yeah, it doesn't feel good, man. Doesn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot then, of goofy, sneaky stuff going on, and which it always has been. Yeah. But technology has. Uh, progressed at an outlandish rate in the last hundred years, give or take. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always the false flag uh, option as well. Like, I was reading an article where they were suggesting, uh, what does this mean as far as, are they trying to distract us? Hey, look at all this stuff we're shooting down. Don't pay attention to the pipeline or whatever else is going on right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, that... Uh Geez, for the first time I felt bad for Ohio. <laughs> wow, yeah, we got an earthquake, we got uh Oh man. Uh, 
a Chernobyl, minor Chernobyl. We got all kinds of wild stuff. I read this. That was a, that was a military technique because somebody was joking in a thread about the the balloon and everything. Is like, oh, send out like just to fuck with the enemy. Send mm-hmm. out numbered. Like, oh, send out four balloons, but na- number them like one, two, four, five. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then everybody's spending their time looking for number three. Like, just yeah. all that. Just the tiniest psychological fuckery. Mm-hmm. You know, the Department of Psychological Fuckery. Oh, yeah. DPF. Well, I mean, that's a... I work for DPF. <laughs> Department of Psychological Fuckery. I wonder how many... Uh, also, we're called DSF, just to fuck around with you. <laughs> I wonder if this is going to encourage or invite uh, hoaxers. What doesn't? Yeah. What? Do- I swear, I bet at least one of these things was like a gender reveal <laughs> balloon that didn't pop. Like, what was it? Well, it was a girl. That's what it was. We, got, uh, we found out it was a girl at the cost of... Uh, $60 million to deploy jets. Yeah. <laughs> You're having twins. Congratulations. What is yeah, our I, I, defense budget, by the way? Uh, it's it's more than a couple bucks. Let's see. What it's is mo- the U.S. defense than, it's budget? More than a, it's got to be at least $500, man. At least. Outlandish. More than, more than I make in a day. That's true. It's more than I make in a year. <laughs> yeah, nod to the old Andy Sanford. <laughs> uh, it's preposterous. Whatever the number, whatever po- the number is, one point seven trillion, I think. Oh, sure, cool. sure. And a trillion, I, I know a billion is a thousand millions. Is a trillion a thousand billions or a hundred? Yep. I guess it would be a thousand. Yeah, she would call it a you know a couple hundred billion. Jesus now Christ. Think, now think that there are billionaires on Earth. Mm-hmm. Think that a person has access to a thousand, several thousand million, million dollars. That's... And, that, and, and think that you would still also behave like Elon Musk. We can spend 1.7 trillion. I know this is low hanging fruit and very obvious, but you would think a country. Oh, that country has a defense budget of 1.7 trillion. They must have no sickness, disease, or homelessness in that country, right? Oh, buddy, you want to start <clears throat> splitting those hairs? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! We can't just cut that in half. Well- and yeah, then, but what's in, what's important, Dave, is that we all feel safe all mm-hmm, the time. That's true, and that's what I was, that's what I understand. How do you not? Isn't uh, isn't disease a threat? Yeah, wouldn't it be considered defense spending? Isn't mm-hmm. isn't healthcare? Why isn't healthcare considered defense spending? If defense is to protect the American citizens, uh, you know, pr- ensure their safety. I've, how does healthcare not fall under that? How does preventative preventative maintenance? How is the same as like putting a base in a foreign land to establish presence? Why isn't uh, allowing every citizen to have a regular a- free access to healthcare, like a checkup every every year, to prevent <clears throat> you know mm-hmm. future issues? 
That was the whole thing. <clears throat> oh, all this COVID spending. Oh, we have to like put it's defense spending. Yeah. Why is it? Why is it not considered defense spending? The protection of the citizens of the country. But hey, man, <clears throat> I'm not gonna sit here like I got all the answers. Well, and also going back to the spy balloon, um, and I don't have the facts in front of me, but uh, I did see somewhere like, okay, there's we shot down a, a Chinese spy balloon on over uh, U.S. soil. How many U.S. spy balloons are floating around the skies of China right now? Oh, lots. We're t- it's th- we got satellites, we got balloons. I still, <clears throat> excuse me, pardon me. Um, yeah, there's <clears throat> that is the mud. It, it is the the wonderful thing to like daydream about all the fantastical ideas that we might have in the name of defense. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to believe, you know, these Bob Lazars and stuff who come out and like. Well, here's what I saw, and the one guy who's brave enough to let people know about the truth. But I think they would. Uh, I do think if you were, if if there was somebody really spilling the beans on what was actually happening, they'd eighty six you. Yeah, you'd be. You'd be off the menu pretty quick. Like, why would they go through all the effort to? Psychologically undermine an individual. Or discredit them. Mm-hmm. It just it just seems like so much more work than to just like, well, they went on a fishing trip and never came back. Yeah. <clears throat> if they didn't want that stuff getting out there. <clears throat> Why let somebody in the name of disinformation, like, oh, he's telling the truth, but we'll discredit him so the source is unbelievable. Why mm-hmm. not just eliminate the source? Yeah. I mean, I think they have done that. I mean, uh, what's the guy? I wanted to say Fred Schneider, but that's not him. Uh, oh, the guy from the B-52s? Yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> B-52s. It's a defense weapon. Somebody he is The guy who got in a gunfight with aliens in the, at the Dulce base in New Mexico, and then they shot off a couple of his fingers, and then he was yeah. going around for a few years uh, telling that story at conferences and stuff, and then he fa- yeah. they, they found him murdered in his apartment. Well, there was that one uh, that one guy that was uh, he, he he had a it was some he was about to expose some other things. I don't know if it was like Panama Papers or something like that. It wasn't alien related, but he was a uh, it was a suicide. He shot himself in the head twice, mm-hmm. which is that's hard to do. Which they and they'd say that. There's circumstances where you could screw it up the first time and then you're in such terrible pain that you can but I I'm not saying that the government is like of course they're covering things up. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. But I can't go down I can't turn into one of these like everything yeah. so like I don't want to spend my life like that. Nah. I don't want I don't want to walk through the world with that being my default setting. Mm-hmm. It seems so exhausting. Yeah. Like how many yeah, like I like the all the the QAnon, the truthers and everything, it's like what's your what's your life like? <laughs> <laughs> what oh. is your life like that you couldn't just get into like needlepoint instead of this <laughs> bullshit? Like what are you doing? 
How annoying must that be for his friends and family? I just like the comedians that go down that rabbit hole. It's like, what's again? I think the grift, the the, the grift. You make more money. Oh, it's a it's a Posehn bit mm-hmm. that I saw Brian Posehn bit where he's tired. He's like, the one thing I like about all the MAGA people and the QAnon people is that they're merched up. You know exactly <laughs> who they are. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. They do. The the left the, the uh, I hate using the word the woke left or whatever but like that side of thing there's that there's those people that are just loud for the sake of loud too, mm-hmm. but they don't financially uh, capitalize on the grift as much as the right does. Yeah, the right definitely can get like those people will spend money. They have no sense of design, <laughs> so the t shirts. With the eagle flying through the flag, uh, so bad, kind of shit. Yeah, they, yeah, they have no taste, so they'll buy shitty stuff. Whereas if if you want to grift on the left, I mean, you had like the Obama Hope poster, so mm-hmm. Shepherd Fairy, everybody locked into that. Yeah, but then I can't think of anything on the left that really nailed it design wise. I had a pretty rad uh, Black Lives Matter T shirt that was in the form of. Um, the third Black Sabbath album cover. Yeah. Masters of Reality. Or I always want to say Yeah, that. see, there's but, something. At least that's a little like, oh, it's clever. and like You're not embarrassed to wear it. Mm-hmm. But you know that people aren't embarrassed to wear shirtless Trump riding in a tank <laughs> on a T-shirt. So <laughs> it's a taste. So the, the, so the monetary grift is better on the right. Yeah. Because, oh, man, you go to like... And I'm like, whatever you want to think about, like any of these, like I was listening to some podcasts about cults and everything. And like this dude named JP Sears keeps coming up. Huh? And I guess he was like, what I've read about him, he was like, he kind of made fun of like wellness culture. It was like a fake yoga guy, like for comedic, like YouTube videos. And then he moved hard into the, but you go to his website right away and it's like, sign up now and get three bracelets and it's like it's merch it is yeah. fully merch they're like the hodge twins know who they are no they're like uh they're twins so they're, they're like black conservative comedians oh boy which all right wow you uh-huh. found a niche yeah that's a niche uh, but they're wet. Like well, I'll go to it right now. Their website is it's immediately it's just merch, like which makes sense. I mean, people on that side are more quick to go to. They're capitalists, you know. Mm-hmm. Officialhodgetwins.com. The thing is, patriotic apparel. Like, oh, it's just. Oh, yeah, it's win a contest. There's a pop-up to get a 10%. It's a store. They run a store. They're not that it's, yeah, we got uh, Second Amendment flag shirts and Don't Tread on Me shirts. and Yeah, so they, I mean, it's they know what they're doing. We got to make, we, got, we need better merch, Dave. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, have you ever uh, rocked any, like, what's the most polarizing or, you know, extreme t-shirt you've ever rocked in public oh i mean i had a you know what's weird is i hear i could hear the they'll do like uh 
the uh, air guard from PDX over here. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'll hear the jets fly over, and I hear them right now. I've heard them. But it, it happens like once a week. But now uh-huh. I'm like, what's going on? Are there more balloons? What'd you find? Uh, I don't I had like a legalized gay shirt that I wore 12 years ago or something. Um, I don't know. I'm not really trying to advertise too yeah. much. Yeah. I just think it's corny. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying, I mean, I'm trying to think of what I have that's, I don't know if anything, like I, I'd hate to say it. Like I'd be more wanting to troll both sides. Yeah. But I, I, I don't. But I don't know. Like trolling isn't outside of my stupid Elon Musk shit on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything. You know, nothing. Like I did not think the pentagram shirts and everything. Like, oh, it's just hilarious to me. But then it's funny that what was it? The Grammys last week, where the same dude with the balloon outfit was mm-hmm. like doing a devil thing. Oh right, right, yeah. I did like a dev- I didn't watch it, but mm-hmm. I just saw like, oh, here's the pre- the predictable outrage, and it's like, how many how many of these fucking dildos listen to Ozzy and are like, man, these this music is trying to corrupt our youth with Satanism. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, so we're just dredging up this argument from forty years ago. Cool. Mm-hmm. Satanic panic. I told you about uh, uh, years ago. I was a teenager and. Uh, I was still loosely involved in church. I think it was right before I could drive. I I stopped going to church pretty much the day I could drive myself in a vehicle. Um, Yeah, yeah, it must have been like 15, and we went to some like Wednesday night youth conference thing. And uh, just a laundry list of popular bands that are... uh, that have cryptic satanic messages. And we're talking Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins. I was like, you guys are out of your fucking minds. Like, uh, like they were you serious. You find it, you'll find it, yeah. Yeah, like, are you, I mean, what the fuck? Like, basically anything, any secular music, no matter how benign. Oh, we found some cryptic messages in a John Mayer song. Like sure you did, <laughs> sure you did. All right, you guys are out of your fucking minds. I- I'm out of here. Okay, can I? <clears throat> okay, let's go the other way with that. So the uh, like, if you want to find a satanic message, you're gonna find it. But now, remember when the OK symbol? Everybody's like, oh, that's white power. What's the OK Remember symbol? That? Oh, oh, where you hold people making the the yeah, OK, the three, the three fingers, fingers in the circle. Yeah, yeah, and everybody being like, "This is a symbol." Look, they're making the symbol for white power. Like the side, like that that side fell for the same shit, mm-hmm. and they fed into it as much as I will wear a pentagram just to like, you know, scare some old bitty at the grocery store. <laughs> that side was doing the same thing, and we're like, "See, that just proves that they're they're making the white power symbol." I'm like, "You're a fucking idiot!" Like you're taking the bait. <laughs> that was kind of like part of like 
part of my demise and like, I'm not following either of these sides of shit. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm on the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, website where like, and they say, the smirk that almost inevitably accompanies the OK sign, that simplest of hand signs, is the dead giveaway in the shroud of the Internet age befuddlement. Does the sign, the thumb and forefinger, join together in a circle, the remaining three fingers splayed out behind mean it's all good, or does it mean white power instead? The smirk gives away the proper answer. You're being trolled. Yeah, fucking everything is reaction. So so that's, that's why... Oh, let's not act like one like one side is not also falling for the same shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we got there, I don't know. That's all right, man. How did we get there? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I wanted all these these UFOs to be something more, but uh, yeah. Mm. Well, like okay, so just like the th- if you want to, f- if if it's what you want to see, <laughs> yeah. you will. Is it uh, boy? I'm, I'm still bad with my terms. Is it confirmation bias, <clears throat> or is it confirmation bias? Is you're going to only like find the information that proves your point. Yeah, yeah. Ignore so all that's the, the thing. And that's the that's the back and forth of conspiracy theorists. Like conspiracy theorists are always going to find things that bolster their beliefs. Mhm. Which I want to give a shout out to a podcast called Uncanny. Maybe people are already on that tip. Man, it's great. Really? I'm unfamiliar. Guy, he does it's a British fella. He does. He'll. It's it's people's account of like ghost stories or poltergeists, or in, in case of a UFO. But then, in between the interview and the person telling their story of their experience, he'll then go to. He'll interview like a skeptic and like a paranormal researcher, and be like, "What do you think so far of what you've heard of this interview?" Uh huh. And the skeptic, not in a cynical way, just in a like, well. Like oh, this person hears these. Uh, th- there, there's this haunting in room six eleven on this building, and it's like well. And then he goes to the audience too. He's like, listen, next week, like everybody, call in with your theories, and next week we'll do a recap of that also. And somebody's like, well, yeah, if there's elevators in a building, guitar strings. Halfway through the guitar string is the harmonic. Elevator chords could do that same thing. Where if the elevator's halfway up on the elevator cables, it can create a strange frequency. And so not in a cynical way trying to debunk things, but having like a skeptic or a scientist being like, well, here's an explanation that could possibly, you know, possibly solve what this person's experiencing. And then there's a somebody else. It's like, well, there's proof of this kind of act, spiritual activity in sp- places like that. Like, it's just it's well done. I listened to it. It got me through the uh, 
15 hour plus drive I just completed a few hours ago. <laughs> Have you slept today? I got a couple. Uh, I finally pulled over. I was like an hour away from home and I finally pulled over because I was starting to hallucinate. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I pulled over. I think I slept maybe about a half hour there and I got home here and I've slept. Uh, Maybe I don't know, a couple, two, three hours. I Damn. don't know. I'm just feeling. I'm just feeling wild. But yeah, man, good for you, buddy. That's a that but, is a haul. But it was it. It was that good of a podcast that mm. I just I'm, I just munched through those episodes, and uh, because it was great, because it was still a scary story, but mm-hmm. then it was going to some experts, uh, more or less, in the field to like talk about it, but not be cynical. It was just. Really uh, hit the sweet spots for me. Well, that's so cool. Uncanny is uncanny. what it's called. I'll, All right. I'll, I'll suggest that to folks. I'll check that out. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Boy, I feel like I've been yammering off here, Dave. Well, that's all right, buddy. Uh, I got to thank you for uh, reminding me to watch a program that um, we watched together the other night over here. I've seen the first three episodes of Barry like four or five times. And not because I didn't enjoy it, but just for other whatever reasons, I never made it past that. And we started watching that the other night. I mowed through the whole thing throughout the course of the weekend. And uh, holy shit, what a great show. I know it's been out for a while. It's not you know new, and a lot of people are onto it. But uh, damn, what a good show that is. Really enjoyed Barry. Yeah. A lot of good stuff going on out there. Yeah, man. What uh, I want to continue on, I'm kind of psyched about where we're at. We're on topic. This week, Dave. Yeah, man. Oh, I've got another. Uh, I've got an old historical uh, UFO story for you, real quick. Not a not a huge, elaborate, crazy story, but uh, I found this historic, one historic historic UFOs. Yeah, they were they were, they were powered uh-huh. by kerosene <laughs> back then. Uh, November seventeenth, eighteen ninety six, Sacramento, California. Um. As the Sacramento Bee newspaper reported, last evening between the hours of 6 and 7 o'clock in the year of our Lord, 1896, a most startling exhibition was seen in the sky in the city of Sacramento. And then I'll kind of do my own commentary from here. But basically, uh, a bunch of people saw a spacecraft. A most uh, startling exhibition. Yeah, it's so dramatic the way they wrote back then. I made my album that. (laughs) A <laughs> uh, bunch of people saw a uh, un- unidentified flying object hovering over Sacramento, uh, 25 feet wide, 150 feet long. Witness M.T. Shelley, whom the San Francisco Call described as, quote, a gentleman of undoubted veracity. He described the object. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I don't horny? Yeah, I don't, yeah. What does veracity mean? I, I don't know today's, that. Today's language, dude fucks. <laughs> dude fucks. <laughs> He described the object being 25 feet wide, 150, 150 feet long, with giant wings or propellers seemingly made of shiny metal. Some observers saw the dark outlines of four figures steering the craft. A flurry of... called them fat. Sorry. <laughs> I think the veracity... Un- undoubted <laughs> veracity. Yeah, like voracious means, yeah, like if you're a voracious reader. How, how'd they spell it? Uh, V E R A C I T Y, veracity. V R A C, okay. Veracity. 
Con- oh, conformity to facts. Oh, okay. Never mind. Okay. V O R A C. That one um, means fat. Okay. <laughs> that would be funny. V O R A C. Be funny if that's what they mean. You said you said V E R A C. V E R A C I T Y. Okay. Yeah. Conformity to facts and accuracy. V O R A C. I thought like yes, yeah, fat guy saw a UFO. <laughs> Oh, um, Sacramento B editorial as much. Um, a lot of people saw this. They didn't know. What, some people thought it was a meteor. Some people thought it was a large bird with a Chinese lantern around its neck. That's exactly what okay. I would have gone gone to immediately. Uh, yeah, some people Chinese lanterns were big in the some, day. Yeah, some people thought it was a swarm of lightning beetles. Um, keep in mind this was before the Wright brothers and Kitty Hawk, all that. Um, before blimps two days later things got even stranger get this colonel hg shaw told the stockton daily mail that he and a companion were traveling in a horse-drawn buggy 50 miles south of sacramento when quote the horse stopped suddenly and gave a snort of terror they encountered three aliens and their hovering spaceship, according to Shaw, the naked seven-foot-tall extraterrestrials had large, shiny eyes and spoke with one another by warbling. Uh, quote, one of them, at a signal from one who appeared to be the leader, attempted to lift me, probably with the intention of carrying me away, Shaw said. But the aliens lacked the strength to complete the kidnapping. They returned to their spacecraft and whooshed away. Uh, They think this might be the first ever report of an attempted alien abduction. Uh, After Shaw's narrow escape, sightings of spaceships and aliens spread across the country. Over the next six months, more than 1,500 U.S. newspapers published stories of mysterious airships, often seen by thousands of witnesses in what would later be called the Great Airship Mystery of 1896 and 97. Um, They thought... uh, the San Francisco Call newspaper, uh, they speculated that only a genius like Thomas Edison could be responsible for such an aircraft. Uh, but Edison, uh, shortly thereafter, um, held a press conference to uh, denounce his involvement. Quote, this is this supposed airship out west, uh, I prefer to devote my time to objects with, that have more commercial value. At best, airships like would... Stealing o- <laughs> from other people. <laughs> at best, airships would only be toys. Uh, okay. It's one thing to to see something in the sky, but this H.G. Shaw, he came face-to-face with three seven-foot-tall aliens, one of which tried to pick him up and carry him away, but was not strong enough to do so. That's insane, if there's any truth to this account. Uh, H.G. Shaw. Let's go look up this fellow here. And aliens just... Again technology to travel from another land but then you gotta like grab him like he's an onion at the grocery store yeah Uncle retire yeah okay this is just a I mean Sacramento doesn't have a lot else going on alright what do you think you think yeah I mean, yeah, I don't know who this H.G. Shaw is. He's not the one that has uh, undoubted veracity. That's M.T. Shelley. So I don't know if anybody can sign off on H.G. Shaw's I miss the day, I miss the day of people going by two initials and a last name. Yeah. 
Well, this what's your, is what's your initials? Uh, DG. I would be DG Stone. That's solid. Yeah. What's your heritage? I am uh, Irish, English, and Native American. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. My dad's side, a lot of Native American. My mom's side, uh, a lot of Irish and English. I was trying to think. I, uh, you know, I was loopy last night, but I was trying to think of a joke that, like, Native Americans can really just, like, really capitalize on white guilt and make up all kinds of shit to sell to white folks. Oh, sure. Like, oh, that rock there? Oh, yeah, that that cures prostate cancer. Give me a hundred bucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, just go for it. Take something back. <laughs> you know? It's the least we could do. Yeah. Oh, no, these are these are magic turnips. I, uh, I still can't get over the concept of manifest destiny. What a fucking crock of shit. God wants us to have this land. Really? Because we've been here for thousands of years. Nah, God wants us to have this land. Okay. God, God's got... I drove through Hollywood and they're still waiting for the crosswalk to turn to say God will save your soul. Like with their banners, like they're still... It's it, it's a... Uh, that old Jesus is a permeating force. Sure is. To like go out and excuse... Horrible behaviors. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other subject. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't know that. Native American. Okay. Yeah. That'd be me. D.G. Stone. Mm-hmm. Gaines. I'd be, Casey, I'd be Gaines. Yeah. That's my grandfather's name, who I never particularly cared for, but that's all right. That was his first, <laughs> was his first name? Uh, no, that was his middle name. Yeah. Oh. D.G. Stone. Mm-hmm. Sounds trustworthy. Yeah, I see. I see it in like the font, like the font that's on like a dollar bill. I see that like on a stagecoach. <laughs> oh man, mine's Casey Kinane. I sound like a fucking huckster. <laughs> Casey Kinane. Yeah, but you you've got the alliteration on the first and last. That's the Casey Kyle- Kinane. Yeah, Casey Kinane, real smart mouth, but can't shoot straight. So don't worry if he whips <laughs> his gun out at the saloon. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've never um, met or even heard of another Canaan, other than you know your parents the, and your sister. They're they're out there. Yeah, I told you I was in I was in Ireland doing a festival. Like, how do you pronounce your last name? I'm like, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> it's from here. They're like, oh, it's Canaan. I'm like, well, we've been fucking that one up for since we landed. Oh man, I never thought of that. Canaan. Yeah. Kind of a pecan pecan situation there. Oh, Kyle Canon. Canon. Oh. <laughs> Was it somebody? The illiterate leprechaun. You mean he can't read? No, no, it's the K's. The K's. He's illiterate. The Kylie Kile Kanane. That was funny. That was awesome. That felt good. Are you from Hawaii? Fucking lady, what? <laughs> Are you blind? <laughs> Should you really be checking IDs at the airport? Because I don't think you can see. <laughs> oh, yeah, my ancestors owned all this. <laughs> Just an albino Hawaiian. With, uh, but with a tan, so that gives me my... Yeah. Oh, man. I'm a, dar- I'm a dark-skinned albino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dark-skinned albino Hawaiian. Oh, jeez. Named Kile Kanane. Kile Kanane. 
Oh, good times. Did you have, uh, did you have fun in L.A.? Did you, did you get to do anything fun? I know you had your show Friday. Man, I did I did spots thanks to the folks who came out. I know uh, there was a little riffraff about uh, – I chose the, I didn't know the Largo, the venue I chose in L.A. was going to be masks and vax cards mm-hmm. when I picked it. I'm not bent out of shape about it. Mm-hmm. I am like, okay, it's – it does like, okay, it's one of the last places that's still doing that. So thanks for the people that – tolerated that mm-hmm. uh i thought the show was still fun though i thought it was still a good time and oh uh, yeah uh i thought everybody did great i had old simon gibson on it had you had you ever seen simon before Dave? oh yeah yeah very funny i like simon that dude just kills me yeah and i hadn't seen and bronger then, in a long time it was great to see him he's uh, neither had i I've great talked set. to him he's a pal yeah he it was one of those like oh, I have Bronger on. I was watching Bronger do his set. I was like, oh, I'm fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you kept commenting it, about how y'all had gonna dice up the uh, the middle aged guy material. Well, yeah, not even from like similar material. He was just so funny too. Yeah. But like, it is. We're both in that same place of like, what do you want me to do? Comment on politics? Yeah. Comment on society? Like I'm I'm like I'm trying to perform comedy in the same vein as what I want to see out of comedy, which mm-hmm. is an escape from all that shit. Absolutely. So. I'm going to talk about myself and what's going on is like I'm 46 bodies changing. I don't have kids. I don't have those other things to go to. I'm trying. I would like to find some more diverse things. That is the thing I'm lamenting in the set now is like, I don't want to do party stories, but mm-hmm. also here's a funny story that happened in a bar late. Mm-hmm. And, but please know that I'm telling this with some self-awareness that I'm not, this isn't like a, Oh, here's, here's, you know, six pints of glory or anything it's yeah it's like no i'm just this is sometimes i'm still out at night and still you know hang out with the crazies here and there we're good friends oh man <laughs> i forgot about that i just started like oh wait that wasn't that was how normal that thing was it also wasn't that extreme of a story i'm just like i don't want I would rather be able to tell a mundane story entertainingly than have to have something so crazy happen. Yeah. That that's what's entertaining. Mm hmm. It's a good point. But oh, man. I remember. Oh, who was. I remember there's a. Somebody I knew in LA, but like. He got like locked up on a 5150 charge. Mm hmm. And, uh, too much Van yeah, Halen. It's, it's too much. Too much. You can't. Uh, this guy thinks Sammy Hagar is better than David Lee Roth. Put Get the it. cuffs on him. Yep. That's that's truly what a fifty-one fifty charge is. <laughs> is what I don't know, Hagar. I think he's just a better uh, performer. Oh, lock him up. Uh, but then he's like, and I saw him after, like, oh my god. He's like, what happened? He's like, the food was really bad. I'm like, that's the detail. <laughs> As a comedian, that's the detail. <laughs> like, holy shit. But I think it's the ability to tell, to make any story funny without having to live, the, be extreme about it. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I did, uh, when I was at Fest in Gainesville, Chris Gethard, it's, just, it's one of those lines that makes me laugh to this day because he's talking about it. He's like, yeah, I'm just... You know, I moved out to the Burbs. I have a wife and a kid. And I'm just, and he's like, and I think something that happened for me recently is like I got really into edging. 
everybody starts <laughs> laughing. And he's like, yeah, and I know where you're laughing, but I didn't realize that when I started telling people. Uh-huh. No, I have a yard, and I'm oh. really excited about <laughs> tidying up. And, and it was like the easiest turn of phrase that's like, oh, what a filthy joke. No, you're just like tidying your yard yeah. around the sidewalk. And I'm like, that's... So beautiful. And he's not wrong. Edging was always my favorite part of uh, of doing a lawn. It's that, oh, final, it's, it's that final touch. It's beautiful. And I would do it at an angle. I had my own little technique where you do it at an angle, and it makes that edge even wider. And it just, oh, it looks so so crisp and clean. looks good. You should, uh, you should work at a golf course. Those oh, man. I love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to. I always thought that'd be a great gig. Groundskeeper, DG Stone, groundskeeper. Mm-hmm. My seriously, when I was what a uh, title. When I was a teenager or late teens, when it set in, like my whole childhood till about the time I was fourteen, I was like, I'm going to be a major league baseball player. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, then I got to high school, and it's like, well, I can't really hit a curveball that well. So those dreams uh, quickly kind of faded. But there was a couple of years where I was like, man, worst case scenario, I'll go get a job on the Braves uh, landscaping crew. The what's the what you just said it? Uh, what's the name? Groundskeeper. Not, ground, groundskeeper, groundskeeper. Grounds crew. Yeah. Uh, I always thought that would be a great gig. You know, you get to go to the ballpark every day and. You know, I mean, and, and for someone who enjoys landscaping and like mowing and lawn maintenance, like why not work on the most beautiful piece of land, which is like a major league ballpark or, you know, something like that or, or golf yeah. course, golf course. But I, yeah. I think the term groundskeeper and landlord should be swapped. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. Like, no, you're the yeah. lord of the land. You're doing all the yes. work, you know. Landlords don't do shit. You're a lord, but groundskeeper. That's you just keep this ground. That's yeah. all you're doing yeah. when you're a landlord. But mm-hmm. and when you're a, when you're actually handling it, you are the lord of that land. I yeah. think we should swap those terms. That's uh that's a great. I put that. I point. wrote that in a note. Mm-hmm. I got. I'm writing bits, dude. Yeah, because landlord. Stay tuned. That would be a much cooler gig. You know, I'm a landlord. I lord over these lands. Yeah, yeah. You design it. You take care of it. Mm-hmm. Fucking real landlords ain't doing shit. No. They ain't doing nothing. Uh, but, yeah, it was a fun week, man. I had some spots. I got to do a spot at a, a place called the Roguelike Tavern out in Burbank, Studio City area, which yeah. I, as soon as I got to it, I'm like, oh, this used to be my buddy's bar. Crawford's. Oh, okay. Crawford's. They it, had, it's Crawford's not Crawford's had, anymore out there? No, not the one out in Burbank. Do they still have the one over near Echo Park? I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to look it up now because that is a cool bar that's yeah, over there. Just chicken and beer. Uh huh. I, I hope he still got it. Crawford's is still at 2616 Beverly Boulevard. My there pal Matt Dittman uh, is a owner of that place. So sorry that he lost the one out in Burbank. It, was, it, it is weird. LA, LA is just such a high turnover of everything. Mm hmm. Businesses, people, just, I told you, that's one of my f- things I like doing, like when I perform at bars, I'm just like, yeah, man, I wonder what this place is going to be next, whenever <laughs> I'm performing at a new bar. I forgot to do it at the D&D themed bar in uh, the Valley, but it was actually, that was a really fun show, and then I went over to the new Hot Tub, which is at Permanent Records Roadhouse, mm-hmm. that was great. <laughs> 
got to get some bike rides in with my pals, got up uh up over by Jet Propulsion Labs, over by the mountain filled with uh secrets over there. Uh-huh. Got to ride my bike down that. Hung out with some folks, did the show Saturday. Packed up uh packed up a storage unit. I had a, it was an emotional day for me on Saturday. Really? I just that storage unit is like, "Oh, we got it when we left." LA like okay pandemic's kicking in mm-hmm. let's get the storage unit for a couple months it's been almost three years yeah so it's are you and, done with the storage unit yeah yeah it's empty now. you you got I mean how much stuff was in there if you were able to get it all in the van it wasn't that much it was just it was like you know we were leaving and it was like well we'll see how long we need to keep this storage mm-hmm. unit for so it's just random overflow that like oh we can't get it all in the moving van yeah but uh, yeah, the van's packed to the brim right now. So like, I, that's why that's why I wasn't pulling over to take naps. There's no room. Everything it's filled. Oh, okay. On the way back here, but it was such a strange thing to go through this time capsule of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is all what my life was before pandemic. Like, these were the clothes that I was wearing. These yeah. were my hobbies. It's nothing of like val like big value or anything. It was just. Oh, that's what this where this shirt went. It's mm-hmm. what I wore before the world was entirely different. <laughs> and uh and so I was like I spent 5 hours there. Wow. Just kind of looking at stuff. Huh. And just ha- having a day and I was telling Rachel like this is I'm not trying to run bits but like it's we're riffing, but I was thinking about like how much like how much emotional lifting goodwill does for people. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. When you're like, I can't keep this, but you'll give it a better home. And it's the lie of like, oh, we the dog had to go live at the farm. <laughs> like, I know you're going to throw this out. Mm-hmm. But thank you for being here and giving me the idea that it's going to a better home. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't just throw it out myself, but I need you to do it so I feel okay. Yeah. We were... Uh... I, got, I got sentimentality issues, so... We were ga- Katie and I were gathering stuff uh, for Goodwill uh, last week, and we were having a debate on used socks. I had some yeah. socks that were still in very good condition, but just not really the kind I rock anymore. And uh, she wanted to give them to Goodwill, and I was like, "Eh." I like underwear. I feel like that's obvious. You know, you're not going to donate used underwear, but socks. I wonder if they would. Uh, if they would shame you or be disappointed if you brought in you socks. Uh yeah, I think that stuff I think uh I think Jenny's and feet, if it comes into contact with Jenny's or feet, mm-hmm. you should get rid of it. But um But shoes You should look into Ridwell. Ridwell, what's that? Ridwell basically is like, Oh, we'll recycle the stuff and I need to research it. It seems a little too good to be true. But they will uh they give you different bags it's a serve it's a pay for service uh-huh but they give you different bags and one of them is textiles so like even if it's just old socks they'll take that to turn it into blankets uh, I, or I, something I, or or whatever like you know it goes into like carnival stuffed animals or something yeah <laughs> but I'm I'm as I I need to read about it more. It does feel it does like really appeal to the feel good nature of things. Mm-hmm. 
So, but I, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm reading about it now. So maybe it's not great, but it is, it, they do like, oh, here's old batteries, mm-hmm. which Best Buy will take batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, plastic bags, which grocery stores, at least here, have like bins out in front that will take certain types of plastic and clamshells because those can't go in recycling. Mm-hmm. But it is, it really is the, there's a cost to living and trash is that cost. It comes down to like, what are you buying in the first place that needs to go? Mm-hmm. How much of the stuff are you like? Are you consuming at the front end to worry about where yeah. it's going to go at the back end? So, and also, I have to realize that hoarding the stuff here, it's like it's still gonna be trash. I'm just not. I'm just hanging on to it. Mm-hmm. Whether I keep it in my house and do nothing with it for twenty years or throw it out, it's the same thing. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. People are kind of shitting on Ridwell here. So I got to do some more research on it, but we still participate here. What do you say, Dave? I got a quick recipe. Haven't done a recipe in a while. Uh, I think I've given this one out before, but it's it's been a year or so. And uh, it was on my mind because it's what I whipped up for you the other night and for us. Uh, Them noodles were good, baby. You, you came over, uh, was it Tuesday night you got in? And uh, I whipped up a, a big old batch of garlic noodles. And it's so simple, so tasty. Man. Katie, and you could be honest, Katie was like, it was very good, but you went a little heavy on the garlic. And I was like, well, that's kind of the point. I, uh, was too I much garlic? There's... I've never heard of such a thing. Okay, me neither. I, I love garlic, but she's like, it's really good. And she's she's honest. She 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 likes most of the things I prepare. But she's like, no, it's really good. It's just a little heavy on the garlic. But um, anyway, garlic noodles, so simple, so delicious. Here's the recipe. Get you a pound of noodles of your choice. I prefer linguine. Uh, but you could use spaghetti. You could use angel hair. You could use fettuccine, what have you. But, you know, sort of a, a, a classic noodle. Uh, let's do four tablespoons of butter. We're going to make this sauce that includes uh, two tablespoons of oyster sauce, four teaspoons of soy sauce, four teaspoons of fish sauce. All right, so that's the sauce. Uh, we're going to need a little uh, Pecorino Romano cheese. I know uh, traditionally Asian Pecororos. Yeah, traditionally you don't want uh, cheese with your Asian cuisine, but for some weird reason this works. Uh, we need 24 cloves of garlic. You need a, a nice, uh, basically thumb-sized piece of raw ginger, and uh, maybe about half of a small carrot, and then uh, a little chili oil of your choosing. Uh, there's a lot of these new product chili crisps, chili oil, the fly-by Jing stuff I use, but any type of like red chili oil to give it some heat. But uh, basically, boil up those noodles. Uh, you want to get them a little al dente, so a, a little undercooked. About nine minutes is what I do. Set those aside in a skillet or a uh, Dutch oven. Go ahead and melt that butter. And then with that garlic, you want to uh, either press or mince that. You want to get it really fine. Uh, I actually, the other day, used a mortar and pestle. I just beat the hell out of these garlic cloves with a mortar and pestle, and it kind of gave them a different... Uh, texture different uh, you know variation of sizes and stuff but however you like your garlic uh, get your garlic and uh, so with that butter into the pan and then throw the garlic in there along with um, 
Oh, that carrot and that ginger, you want to grate that really fine. If you've got like a zester or uh, the smallest uh, version of of the cheese grater. But so uh, garlic, ginger, and carrot into the butter. You want to saute that for just a few minutes, just when it that garlic just starts to turn brown. You don't want to get it too brown at all, but just when it starts to really release that aroma and starts to slightly turn brown, that's when you add in all that sauce, the mixture of the soy fish and oyster sauce, and uh, get that going. You're not, you're not trying to really cook that sauce. You're just trying to heat oyster it up. Sauce. And incorpor- What's oyster sauce? No idea. And then you want to just kind of incorporate that sauce with the garlic and the ginger and the carrot. Uh, then throw in those noodles and get that all stirred around nice and good. And then uh, you can top it with a little of that Pecorino Romano and then uh, the chili oil. Um, you can either do the whole batch, you know, throw it in there to the big batch or you let uh, everybody kind of add chili oil after the fact uh, to their to their liking in terms of the heat. But, uh, yeah, it takes like 10 minutes to prepare. Um I was going to do, I've made this dish before and I've added uh, crab meat. You can add a little crab meat to it, mm-hmm. but uh, sometimes uh, I think it's better just on its own. Just, uh, I was going to add crab didn't meat. didn't have the crab meat in this and it was great. Yeah, I didn't have the crab meat. Uh, they were out at the store the other day. So I was like, yeah, let's just go completely, uh, you know, v- uh, not vegan, but vegetarian on this. Vegetarian. Got, got the butter. But uh, yeah, there you go. Garlic noodles, simple, savory garlicky delicious and uh Are there oysters and oyster sauce uh yeah i would imagine there would be so yeah that wouldn't be uh that would so they're just i just imagine somebody just like like squeezing an oyster in their hand mm-hmm. until it just turns to jelly to just get the juice out of it mm-hmm. yeah you I could even think you, about that you could add, and you don't need all three of those you know probably you need at least uh one but you know you could get away with one or two of uh, the oyster, the fish, or the soy. You could also use a little sesame oil. Um, but yeah, man, just just have fun. Little little Asian garlic great. noodles. Yeah, it's a good time. It doesn't. Yeah, it didn't taste fishy or anything. I'm just. I was always curious. Like, it was years ago. As a gal I was dating, I was at her house. And she's like making food. She's like, "This is fish sauce. Don't get freaked out. It tastes good." Mm-hmm. Like, All right. Yeah, it gives it that umami. It gives it those deep, yeah, deep I flavors. Just, I just didn't know. I was unfamiliar with it. Uh, change of gears real quick. I want to plug something that uh, you're either too humble or too forgetful to have plugged yet. But uh, oh, I plug. just saw a an ad for uh, Aqua Teen Forever, Plantasm. Oh, yeah. It, it's been out for a minute. It's been out for a while, but you've yet to mention that uh, you're in that movie. Oh, I was plugging it on social media and stuff. Okay, well, you didn't plug it on I here. Forgot. Yeah. I forgot to. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Kyle Kinane in the Aqua Teen Forever Plantain. A uh, lot, of, lot of people I like in that movie. Tim Robinson in that movie. Killer Mike. Mm-hmm. Killer uh, NBA legend Sean Kemp apparently voices a character. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Sean Kemp. Huge in the early 90s, probably the best athlete in the NBA. Just the guy that could just jump out of the gym. I remember the name, yeah. He was probably the best dunker just, for a while. It was one of those, like, if if Dave Willis asks you to do something, mm-hmm. you just say yes. Absolutely. It. Absolutely. You might hear his voice uh, at the beginning of the Boogie Monster. That's right. That's right. But, uh, yeah, I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, I'm going to check it out soon. But, yeah, I just uh, – and I, I knew you were in it, and, and I knew it had been out a while, but I just uh, – Yeah, I, I know I we hadn't talked about up. it. I, yeah. I should have uh, 
mention it here. My mm-hmm. apologies. Uh, the other guy, who's that actor I really like? Uh, Paul Thomas Hauser. Uh, um, you'd, you'd know him if you saw him. He, he was in uh, I, Tanya. He did. Uh, he played um, the falsely accused Olympic bomber, Richard Jewell. Oh. That dude. I love that dude. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to find... Uh... What's it? Paul, um, damn it, what's his name? No, I want to find Paul Walter Hauser. Paul Walter Hauser. Paul Walter Hauser. Big fan of that dude. He's in, he voices a character in, your, in that movie. That guy's so so good. Great actor. Oh, yeah, that dude's really funny. He was so good in I, Tanya. Just a fucking, just a goober. Just, he, he's going to be one of those, like, Michael Pena types of, like, man, I just want to see you and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anything he's in, it's uh, even if the the movie's not great, he's going to make his part great. So yeah, good. yeah. Richard Jewell, that was a good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I I lived all that. That was huge. I mean, it was obviously a national story, but uh, that was huge story in Georgia and Atlanta back when that was going down in '96. Well. All right, man. Good what, times, what you, man. What what say, buddy? Valentine's Day. Oh man, yeah, Valentine's. Oh, we didn't get we didn't get romantic. Today's the anniversary of the funniest thing that's ever been said on this podcast. Obligatory. Well, sexy, sexy, fuck, fuck. I the thought I was going to shit my pants. I laughed so hard at that. What back you do? In the, <laughs> back in the uh, learning annex. Learning days. annex days. Uh, you got any plans for uh, Valentine's Day? You and Rachel. Y'all, we're going to a we're going to a Trailblazers game. Really, Portland Trailblazers? How about that? It was, Rachel, it was Rachel's idea. She's like, "Go try and deal with a restaurant on Valentine's Day," or like, "Want to go to Blazers game?" I'm like, "All right." Have you ever good nachos? You ever been to an NBA game? No, they're fun. It's 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 a good time. I heard I got I got halfway decent seats, and it's funny they were playing the Lakers tonight. Uh huh. It's like tickets start at. Whatever, sixty dollars. They're playing the Washington Wizards tomorrow. Tickets start at fourteen dollars. Like, All right, <laughs> we might not be seeing the most dynamic game. Yeah, uh, but Portland's got a good team. They got one of the best players in the league, uh, Damian Lillard. He's a oh yeah, I, elite player. I know, I know nothing about it, but apparently, <laughs> much like Portland uh, is, want to do, uh, good restaurants in the stadium. So not just okay. Not just uh, good nachos for the missus. We're gonna have some proper food. Good times, buddy. Maybe we'll get up. Maybe we'll get on the kiss cam. There you go. <laughs> uh, we're doing it low key. Uh, Katie's constantly got knots in her back. She's got the. I was gonna say she's got the body of an eighty-year-old woman, but not aesthetically, but uh, internally, she's got the body of an eighty-year-old woman, and she's just always sore. I got her a nice massage. Oh. I guess she's getting a. Uh, 50-minute deep tissue massage at a at a little frou-frou spa. And while she's oh, doing that, I'm going to cook dinner. I'm making uh, one of her favorite dishes, my uh, red wine braised beef short rib with mashed potatoes. Okay, nice, nice. So while she's getting a massage, I'm going to have dinner and just uh, really pamper the missus tomorrow. So, Well, that sounds delightful. Yeah. Good times all well, around. A sexy, sexy fuck, fuck to you, and a sexy, sexy fuck, fuck to all our listeners. Well, thank you, buddy, and back at you. Sexy, sexy fuck, fuck.
SSFF, uh, baby. Good seeing you in person last week, buddy. I, I'm glad you had a good trip to L.A. I'm glad you made it home safe, and uh, we'll, talk, yeah. we'll talk to you soon. I got, I, I got bit. I'll be back down there before everything goes uh, hot, all hot and brown. Good times. Yeah, come on it back. Green, it was green and pleasant. So Yeah. All right, buddy. All right, man. Keep between the ditches. We'll talk to you soon. The Boogie Monster. Network.